Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Energy Awareness Radio. Women, what do you do for you? You hunger for authenticity, intimacy, spiritual awakening, and empowerment, yet that all seems so unobtainable. You know, we live in very challenging times. How do you heal yourself as well as your relationships? And what will allow you to feel empowered, grounded, find the peace you need and truly deserve in your life? We're going to find out in just a few minutes. This is your host, T. Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. My guest, Jelaja Bonheim, is an internationally acclaimed speaker, award-winning author of many books, and one of the world's foremost experts on the use of circle gatherings as a tool for healing, awakening, and empowering women. She's the founder of the Institute for Circle Work and has trained hundreds of therapists, educators, ministers, activists, and business leaders from around the world, gathering special acclaim for her groundbreaking work in the Middle East where her circles unite Jewish and Palestinian women. Her newest book, The Magic of Circle Work, the practice women from around the world are using to heal and empower themselves, reveals the concepts and tools that make circle work such a magical experience, and it is our topic for discussion. So, welcome to the show, Jelaja. Thank you for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? Oh, thank you, T. I'm so happy to be here. I'm really looking forward to our conversation. <laughs> Me too, and I know you just got off of a plane yesterday from Germany, so, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, because that can be a little tiring, <laughs> the time difference and all. We appreciate you being here very, very much. <laughs> thank you, too. You're welcome. The circle work. Now, you've been doing this for more than 30 years, and you've written five other books prior to this one, but they didn't really talk so much about the circle work. What made you decide to write about circle work now? Well, I've been writing about it for decades. And it is not an easy thing to write about because, you know, words are such a limited dimension and the experience of circle work is so rich and it truly is magical. And, you know, I know that you are someone you understand about energy. How do you write Mm -hmm. about energy? So I think it just took me a long time to feel that I was really ready to try and convey something through words that is so far beyond words. Well, I have to tell you, you did a great job because you can feel as you're reading the book that it is an experiential thing, but you can feel it. I wasn't there. I wasn't as part of the circle work. But when I read the stories and I hear, you know, through what I'm reading, I can hear and sense what the people are, uh, what the women are feeling. They really, they really stated things in a way that, you know, you were able to put it in a book form so that the reader could be there, if you will. We could experience it lightly through that. I can only imagine what it would be like to actually be in the 10-day circle work program. 
Well, I'm so glad to hear that because, um, you know, I wanted it to be not just my voice, too, but the voices of all the women. It really is, because it, it is a circle experience. And so I wanted reading the book also to convey that experience of, of this collective field that together we create that is just so sacred and transformative. So I'm really happy to hear that you, you caught a whiff of that when you read it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, throughout the book, and, and not just the way it was written, but the, what you offer in it. Throughout the book, you which give the reader somewhat of a glimpse of what participants have experienced, felt, what they received and gained from circle work. And I found those snippets to be very insightful, empowering, profound. It's amazing how those who participated really benefited. And I loved, I, I loved one of the stories about the four teenagers who celebrated the older woman who was in an extreme state of depression. And she had been oh, that yes. way for 10 years since the passing of her husband. That was, that was unbelievable. That was just, I mean, you, you were there with her and cheering her on. Yes. So yes. absolutely yes. the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, you know, Sometimes people come to my circles and they think that it's the, just the way that I lead them, but it really isn't. The women that I've trained, without exception, they say the same kind of magic happens in their circles. So on the one hand, you know, leading a circle is certainly an art form, and mm-hmm. every woman does it differently in her own way, but there is, there's also it can be taught. You know, it's like someone who wants to learn to play the piano. There has to be a certain skill or talent, but then there is so much that can be taught. And I feel that we're living in a time today where we need this skill. People are so yearning for this kind of experience that is profoundly sacred and healing, and at the same time, it's not religious in any sense of the word. And it really unites women from all around the world. So especially in my trainings, you know, women come from India and Afghanistan and Kenya. And there is just a sense of a, a global sisterhood of women who are dedicated to healing, to peace, to making the world a better place. So it's a beautiful thing to see. And I have to say, with, you know, with all the bad news that we get bombarded with every day, it is so good to have this glimpse of the possibility of really the best in us emerging and the incredible courage and wisdom and beauty that lies within us. You know, and... And the timing is perfect, and I truly believe that anything that we do from our heart with passion and desire is spiritual. So, I, I, you know, I look at the, the circle work definitely as a spiritual practice, and you describe it as a spiritual practice as well. You also mentioned that it takes courage to practice circle work. Why is that? Well, for starters, when you think about the form, we're all sitting in a circle. There is nowhere to hide. So the form mm-hmm. itself, you know, just that in itself conveys to you that to be here, I have to be willing to be seen. And um, I had one one student who 
worked with homeless women. And in the beginning, there was just no way they could sit in a circle. It felt way too vulnerable. They would, you know, try to hide behind each other. And by the end of this six-week series that she did, they were actually sitting in a circle. And that meant that they had found that sense of trust and safety that, oh, this is a place where I can allow myself to be really seen for who I am. And I'm going to be seen with love and with compassion and not with judgment. So that's one aspect of it. Another aspect, I think that women naturally have a kind of what I call emotional courage that I see in so many women that they really do have the courage to reveal their vulnerability, to reveal what lies deep within them. And not to say that men don't have that courage, but I think in our society women have perhaps more permission to do that. Um, certainly the women who come to my circles are incredibly courageous. And it's, 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 in a sense it's contagious because you see one woman really coming out and speaking her truth and being totally authentic. And then other women will see her and say, wow, if she can do that, maybe I can do that too. And so there's just this ripple effect so that by the end of the circle, there is a sense of being seen at such a deep level. And I've had many women say that even though they're, you know, they might be happily married or in a relationship, there is a dimension of love that they experience in the circle that they have never experienced anywhere else. And well, yes, that, that makes does sense. take courage. Yes, and it it makes sense because to me, well, the circles have circles have been part of rituals, religious work, therapy groups, AA meetings, labyrinths, Stonehenge, even crop circles, e- even weather vortexes, the hurricanes and tornadoes. Mm-hmm. I'd say the planet, but the Earth is a sphere rather than a true circle. But the circle is indeed a natural occurrence. It's part of nature, and yet it, there is something so very sacred about it. You know, like sacred geometry. Yet most people don't really give much thought to the benefits, even though they've been used as a, as a means to heal ourselves physically, mentally, emotionally, you know, as well as the planet throughout history for millennia. And because of that sacred space, I think probably it, just in reading the book, I don't know any of the women, but when you take a group of women together many, many, many times, it gets clicky and it didn't in your book. It never got clicky. Mm. No, no, it and, doesn't get clicky. No. Yeah, no, and I, that must I be see part what you're of the saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I do think you mentioned sacred geometry. I think that the sacred geometry is a very important aspect of it, which, you know, if you haven't experienced it, it might sound kind of abstract. But when you're mm-hmm. actually sitting in the circle, what begins to happen is women become exquisitely attuned to the form like if you put a candle in the center and it's just a little bit off someone will go and shift it because it feels uncomfortable and personally I think of the circle as a really as a spiritual guide when you Mm -hmm. think about what a circle is a circle is whole it's centered 
it's balanced. And throughout the ages, in every culture, it's been used for healing. It's been recognized as a kind of, you might say, sacred medicine. Um, and I believe that really is true. We feel it in the circle. As we turn, we do have to, it's true what you say, you have to attune to it. A lot of people meet in circles and they never pay much attention to the form. But when you start approaching it as a sacred form, it starts to affect you. And you mm. begin to realize that this field that we're co-creating is transpersonal. You know, there is room for the personality and there is an honoring and respect for each personality. But at the same time, what we're creating goes way beyond the personal realm. And I think it's that that prevents it from getting clicky. It's very clear that it's not about our little ego. There is something happening mm -hmm. here that is way beyond that. Very deep. Very, very deep. And I, I, you know, we speak about collective consciousness. Well, in the circle, that is something that you actually experience. You actually mm -hmm. experience this place where we are no longer separate. And so there is an intention in circle work specifically that all the work that we're doing together even though we might be focusing on our personal issues and our personal healing, it nonetheless is a contribution to our collective transformation. So let's say if a woman is working on healing from sexual abuse, there is this awareness that there are millions of women like her and that her act of courage in doing this is a gift to all other women. So there is a very strong sense that we are together working on a collective process of transformation today. And, you know, when you have a group of people together, the energy is always much stronger. And if it's positive, that's great. You want it to be positive. But the energy is typically much stronger in a group than one by one. And when you have a circle, for instance, I have a labyrinth. And I open the labyrinth and I close the labyrinth and the animals love the labyrinth. So the animals mm. are feeling it too. This isn't just something that people feel. I see animals in there that, you know, they don't, they like that part of the yard. It's hidden. It's like a secret garden, but it's, it's, it's a labyrinth. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I've had that experience so. too of, of doing circles in the home where there was a cat or a dog and the animals just come right in and they want to be, they want to be right in the middle. They love it. Cause it's sacred. It feels good. It's a part of our source. We're actually going yeah. back to the source that we were, you know, the love and, and, and love is, you know, a very strong word and it means different things to different people, but we're made from love. That's what we are. That's our essence. And if you, and one of the things I, I always tell people, you know, if you're living from your heart, things will be, you know, good. You know, you're doing the right thing. And I, I do believe that mm -hmm. anything we do from our heart is good. And you describe in your book that circle work is not just a spiritual practice, but you describe it as the practice of heart thinking, which is beautiful. I love that. And for me, that only enhances the spirituality, you know, because yeah. you're coming from that place of love. So, so our listeners understand, would, would you tell us what you mean by the practice of heart thinking? 
Yeah, that actually comes from the my my the book I wrote before this one was called The Sacred Ego. And in that mm-hmm. book I wrote a lot about these two ways of thinking, heart thinking and head thinking. And so head thinking is what is the norm in our society. And basically when you're thinking with your head, you are cut off at the neck. You're not in touch with your body. You're not in touch with your heart. You're just lost in your thoughts. And that is really the way that a lot of people live most of their lives. So with heart thinking, you're shifting the center of your focus down to your heart. But you are not disconnecting from your mind. You're using your mind, but you're using it in service of the heart. So heart thinking really allows ourselves us to experience ourselves as whole. Whereas head thinking fragments us, it chops us in two. And when you think about the mind, you know, the mind is a wonderful tool, but it's sort of like this knife that is designed to look for differences and analyze and chop things up. Whereas the heart is the organ that is capable of really perceiving our oneness, our connectedness. And so, when you think about the state of our world and all the conflicts and all the you know violence and wars that's going on it's so clear that this heart thinking this capacity to perceive the oneness beyond our differences is absolutely crucial today and one of the things i feel very strong you know in our culture heart thinking is often dismissed as sort of idealistic and utopian and people say well that's nice but that won't work in the real world well you know I work with Jews and Palestinians and what I have found is that heart thinking not only does it work but it's the only thing that works you know when Mm -hmm. you're dealing with a difficult conflict and we do have a lot of conflicts in our circle because the circle is not a place where it's all about um, light and love. You know, it's very real. So there's a very raw stuff does come up. And when we're working with the conflict, you absolutely need to be committed to heart thinking because from the place of the mind, there will never be any healing. It's just not possible. So heart thinking is very, very central to circle work. And to, to practice heart thinking, though, you have to be in touch with your heart, and a lot of people are not. Mm-hmm. So the first step in many cases is that we slow down. You know, we're running at such a speed that we're, we're really out of touch with ourselves. So in circle work, we're doing a lot of practices that involve the body or breathing or touch that really slow us down and help us reconnect with our hearts and and with our bodies. That's absolutely crucial. It makes sense because, you know, your heart is all about all the emotions. So when you're working on the emotions instead of the ego, which is the brain, the mind, you're going to come from a totally different perspective. And the ego wants to fight that and say, you know, no, look at me, do it over, you know, to have control and judgment and, and all of that. So it was, it was just beautiful to hear you 
in the book describe the work as heart thinking because I, I constantly am telling people if you just if we all just came from our hearts, you know, this mm-hmm. world would be a whole lot better place because you can't, yep. you know, you need your brain to do math and to pay the bills and to do the logistics. But to make the real big decisions, you need information, but then you need to sit with your heart and really, mm-hmm. you know, is this, is this in my best interest and the best interest of everyone involved if I make this decision in this way? And I just loved that. I thought that was great. And it's wonderful for healing, too, because that's what the people are there to do. They're here they're to heal. And I'm, you know, in reading the stories, I, I saw that there's a lot of things that come up that people don't realize will come up. And the, one of the most interesting things about the work that you do is that people can come to you and do this circle work with you in a group and then when they're not with you once they leave they can continue to put it into practice and and be in the circle and one of the ways was through writing and I loved that yeah you know yeah yeah go ahead and talk about that that was very interesting yeah a lot of the tools that I teach in the circle are tools that the women then can take home and use on their own and the writing is is a great example of that. And there's there are many different writing exercises that we do, but one that I love a lot is called I Am Writing. Mm-hmm. And that's it's the based one. <laughs> on, yeah, that, that's the one you were thinking of. It's based on the mm-hmm. assumption that really everything has a soul. Everything can speak to us, whether it's a tree or a mountain or our own body or our own heart. And so one of these practices is that we might sit down and let's say we're wanting to get in touch with our heart and we're feeling disconnected. So we would sit down and, you know, take a few minutes to really quiet down because this is, a, this is more of a receptive practice than a thinking practice. And then we would write down the words, I am your heart. And then we're just sitting there listening. It's like we're committing to just being the scribe, in a sense, for our heart. And whatever comes up, whatever our heart says to us or we imagine it saying, we write it down. And it's good to do it sort of in a playful, lighthearted way. Otherwise, people get all caught up in, well, was that really my heart? Or, you know, it, but it's quite extraordinary what comes through. And the women are often amazed at the guidance that comes through when they do this practice. And, of course, you can also do it with I am your soul or I am spirit Mm -hmm. or I am the circle. Um, And it's a beautiful way for just tuning into what lies within and giving it a voice. Um, and yes, you're right. It's something that's one example of these many practices that the women then can take home with them. I think I liked that one because you could take your circle with you, which I know, <laughs> you know but yes. I liked the way it was written out, the way it was described. It's like, oh, look, you can take your circle with you. This is so cool. So I thought that was very, uh, you know, something that was easy for someone to understand and mm-hmm. say, oh, I can do this. And you know, yeah. if you even even if you just practice at your PC and say, okay, I'm just going to let whatever comes out come out and type, or sit and write. I've done that before and said, okay, I need I need information here. What do I need to do? And I've sat at my PC and a half an hour later, I've realized that oh, there is something here that I can that is of great use to me that I did not realize, and and it becomes yeah. then a letter that I needed to write or something. So. It, 
it's something you can practice in everyday life as well and not just yes. to set aside time to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that and was you know, interesting. I think we're we're in this transition from a more you might say authoritarian kind of spirituality to a new kind of spirituality that really is sourced from within. So that image mm-hmm. of the circle in the center when you're sitting in the circle, you're looking at the center, but the center also is a place within yourself. And so through circle work, you become so attuned to that inner center that when you leave, you can really access it. And you're no longer, de- it's not that you don't listen to teachers and so on, that's all fine. But there's this clarity that there is an inner source of guidance and wisdom in me. And that if I'm willing to really stop and slow down and become receptive, then it will speak to me. That, yeah, that is beautiful, too. Yeah, and, and to, to be able to access that once you're outside of the classroom, if mm-hmm. I can say that, uh, it will really help people a lot because it's your go-to source. You are your own go-to source. You just have to know you how to are. do it. You have to know yeah. how to access it, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, another, yeah. yeah. One of the other things you mentioned, and I, it, it, it because you talked about this um, toward the middle of the book, I guess, four kinds of circles. There are four kinds of circles. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the first two are the ones that I guess we usually go to, and the third and fourth not so much. Did you want to speak to those? Yeah, um, I talk about the different stages of the circle historically, like you think about tribal circles, our ancestors gathered in tribal circles. And in a tribal circle, they were very homogenous. So everyone would have had the same heritage, the same skin color, the same religion, the same beliefs, very, very homogenous. And the tribal circles are beautiful, but we have entered into the global era So we need a different kind of circle. And so I'll skip from the first to the third stage, which is where we are now. And here we are with global circles so that you can look around the circle and you see people that come from all around the world, people with different religions, different belief systems. And yet there is this awareness that we are one children of one planet. Um, there's a, you might say, a planetary consciousness. So these are the third stage circles. Now, there is also a, uh, a danger of a regressive kind of circle, which you see, I think, for example, of the Ku Klux Klan. They gathered in circles, too. Mm-hmm. So these were like pseudo-tribal circles where they were imitating a tribal form, and they were clinging to the homogenous nature that everyone had to have the same beliefs, everyone had to be the same. But, you know, it's a regressive movement because we have entered the global era. And so when you try and cling to something like that that is no longer appropriate to where we actually are, it can become very dark and um so it is important to be aware of that danger of circles. It's related to what you called clickish too. You know that mm-hmm. sense of yes. well, we're going to we're going to form a tribe of our own now. 
Well, you know, we need community. Of course we need community. But we are no longer tribal people in the sense that our ancestors used to be. And so our circles, too, they need to be global circles. They need to have this planetary awareness and this respect for diversity and differences, which is really the hallmark of these what I call third-stage circles. And that's true of anything. I mean, so if you know, technology even, everything. You know, when we use it to the extreme and it becomes an abuse, uh, it's never good. So, no. you know, people just need to keep their awareness about them and understand that when you are doing the heart thinking, that's when it's good. And that also brings about the awareness within yourself to be able to use your own guidance system, to be able to use your own intuition and understand when you get that gut feel that this doesn't feel right. That's probably the time to leave. <laughs> you know, when it when it's that bad gut feel, not the scary butterflies, yeah. I don't know what's coming, but the, yeah. hey, this isn't right. There's a difference. And yeah, there's a when clear you discern, difference, and you need to speak yes. out. Yeah, yeah, and that is also, that's a really important point because, you know, a lot of women who come to the circle don't really have their voice. They've gone through various experiences that have taught them that it's not really safe to speak out and to say what they're really thinking or feeling. And so because of the structure in the circle where each woman gets to speak without being interrupted and where she's really heard at a very deep level, women who don't have a voice find their voice. You know, And so they really gain that courage that they can speak out when something doesn't feel right, not just in the circle, but in their lives. And they go home and they become much more outspoken and and courageous in that respect because they really have had that experience of, wow, I have a voice, I have something to say, and my perspective matters. And I do think that women in that respect, need the empowerment of other women. You know, that there is something very powerful about being in a circle of women and really experiencing that full support for being authentically yourself. We need that. We really, really need that. And in our culture, it can be very hard to come by. Absolutely. And we also need to revere those who have gone before us and learned from them. I mean, this is one of the few countries in the world where we don't revere our older citizens. You know, we just cast Mm -hmm. them aside instead of putting them, you know, in a place where we can learn from their experience and, and, and take what they have and say, okay, they did it this way. And they understand that they're trying to teach us, not boss us, not tell us what to do, not control us, but just teach us and say, look, this is what happened. And, you know, look at where it, it is now and see what you can do with it. So almost like a lineage of passing things on so mm, that the younger yeah. people can grow from it. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And I think that one of the main ways that traditionally our our wisdom has been passed on is through stories, which is why, you know, I included so many stories in the book. I think that in in indigenous cultures, traditional cultures, there was a lot of storytelling. 
And mm-hmm. we just sit in front of the television or go see movies where we don't get together and listen to the stories that people have. So in the circle, there is a lot of storytelling. And many times it's amazing the stories that come up and we start to really experience that our stories are gifts. You know, even if it's a difficult story, there's probably someone in that circle who really needs to hear that story. So the storytelling and, aspect is very, very healing. And the stories that they're telling are real stories, real life experiences, rather than yeah. people are telling stories now through technology, YouTube, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, which I call fake book. You know, they're not real. Most of the stuff yeah. isn't real. It's, it's yeah. wannabe. That's not the story you're going to learn from because that's wannabe fake junk that people are putting out there. And then other people who are so addicted to this are saying, look, I have 30,000 friends. No, really, you don't. You do not have 30,000 <laughs> friends. No one has 30,000 yeah. friends. It's just not the way it yeah. is. And so to go to a, a, a uh, workshop like this, I'm not sure what to call it, a, a seminar like this, and be there and work with women with real stories must be more than profound, very heart-wrenching, so good to hear and feel and know that, hey, we're all in this together. And you learn from that because it's real, which is why learning from our elders is so important because those were real and they mattered. And it, it made a difference to everybody's heart. It opened everyone's heart. This fake crap on the internet. No, it's just the, it's, it's Mm -hmm. BS that nobody, you know, uh, totally, right. totally different. So I can fully understand how these women can open up and really walk away with so much more than they thought because they're so used to the social media. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And especially, I think, again, of the women in the Middle East, where, for example, in Israel, it's still a very segregated society. So a lot of people have not really heard the stories of the other side. So when Mm. you hear those stories of what each person has gone through, it really opens your heart to them. You really begin to see the situation in a new way. And I also think a lot of times, for example, the veterans who come back traumatized from a war, and they're supposed to go on with life as if nothing had happened. You know, what if they had circles where they could really share what happened to them, what they're going through, what they went through? It's such a simple tool. And yet we it's like we forgot how to use it. Our ancestors all over the world used it. But we forgot. Inherently. And I think it's good to remember. Yes. Yes, Mm -hmm. they inherently knew and passed it on. Now, you have done very amazingly and impressive work in the Middle East with the Jewish and Palestinian woman. How did that come about? Um, It came about because originally, I think it was in 2001, it was interesting. It was at a time when the invasion of Iraq was happening, or was it Iraq? Or One of these wars was happening, and I kept thinking about the women and how in, in times of war it's the women who keep life going. And I just sort of sent out a prayer to the universe that I really wanted to offer this work in a place where it mattered and where it could make a difference. And a few days later, 
I got a phone call from two women, one of them Jewish, the other Palestinian. And somehow they had heard about the circle work training, and they said, we want to come. And, um, you know, I run a nonprofit organization that offers scholarships that allow women like that to come to the circle work training. So they came, um, and then they said, well, we really want you to come and work with the women in the Middle East. And so I did. And then it just evolved from there, um, and I've been going back and uh, you know, sometimes working just with the Palestinian women in the West Bank because they can't leave, you know, and they are so hungry for this kind of work. And it's so moving to me to see them blossoming. Like I remember the first time I offered a weekend retreat for Palestinian women. We actually thought they wouldn't come because they're they're like slaves to their families. And the mm. idea of taking a whole weekend just for yourself is absolutely radical. But not only did they come, but, you know, we had counted on 20 women. Well, 40 women came for this weekend. <laughs> and, and they were just, it was so beautiful to see them actually taking the time and space for themselves to connect deeply with themselves and to acknowledge some of the trauma that they had been through. Um, but also their incredible spirit. You know, they love to sing and dance and tell stories. And it was just a beautiful thing. So so since then, I've been working both in Israel um, with Jewish and Palestinian women and also in the West Bank. I'm in shock that you're allowed to be there. Oh yeah, you're allowed to be there as as an Israeli, it would be another thing. But coming from Europe or the United States, you're absolutely allowed to be there. I mean, you think about Bethlehem, which lies in the West Bank and is a huge tourist attraction, being the birthplace supposedly of Jesus. So, a lot of tourists do go to the West Bank, but usually they go as tourists and they you know, they don't really right. engage very much. Well, and they're and, not there to teach the women. So the fact that you aren't yeah. going as a tourist, really, you are going to be teaching these women something that totally probably goes against the grain of the men. Yeah, and they were teaching me, I have to say, as much as I was teaching them. I was shocked. The first, You know, there's so many peace organizations that are working in that part of the world. And yet, the first time I did a retreat there, the women said to me, this is the first time anyone has ever offered a healing retreat for women in the West mm. And I was shocked. Mm. Um, but that was true. Yeah, that that part doesn't surprise me. What surprises me is that, well, okay, I know you can go over there. I know that you can be there as a tourist. But to go in and say, hey, I'm going to do this and actually, you know, have have women show up because they were allowed to, but you were allowed to even mention that you would be doing this so the women would want to go. It, the whole thing, you, it definitely was divinely guided. Let's just say that. I mean, you put it yes. out there and said, I want to help. And the universe said, well, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I totally believe that for sure. Mm-hmm. That's a blessing. Yeah, in yeah. a very big yeah. way. You're helping in a very big way. You just put out there, oh, I'd like to help. 
and all of a sudden you're in the midst of it all. And God bless and you also, for that. I think it's fabulous. And, yeah, and also the West Bank, I, I actually, it was it's the only place outside of the United States and Canada where I have offered the circle work training because I think it's very, very important that women mm-hmm. learn to lead their own circles and that they can then do so in their own language because when I'm working there, we're working you know, with translators. And so now there are women who are trained and who are leading circles over there, and that makes me really happy. Oh, that's a wonderful thing because when you think about this, what you're doing, and there's no one who can dismiss this or say that this is not true, is you are starting a movement toward peace that, you know, could be the very catalyst that brings peace to that part of the world. At the very least, it's a stepping stone. At the very least, it's a stepping stone to, to bring yeah. peace to that part of the world. So, you know, kudos to you for, for well, hearing you know, the call from the universe. I think it's a tool. Circle work is a tool. And... The women there want peace, and they need tools. And they're very clear that the movement towards peace comes very strongly from the women because the women naturally want a better life for their children, and they have this intuitive understanding that violence is not the way and that we need Mm. to learn to communicate and connect. So... This is one of the reasons why I'm so dedicated to empowering women, because I just see women having this this key understanding that is so crucial in our world at this time. And that is, and it, it is very crucial in this world at this time. As I said, your timing couldn't be more perfect. And I think that the fact that there are so many women who are taking the training part, not just doing it for themselves, but wanting to also turn around and train others is huge. You'll be getting so many people that will start to be practicing. And it is magic of circle work to, to help heal and empower themselves. And, and that is just, that's just a fabulous thing that we need to continue. And that's why you're on shows like this to make sure that we spread the word out there. You also founded the Institute of Circle Work. Why don't you tell us about that and what is it that people experience in the process of training? Well, originally the Institute was for Circle Work. It was really founded with the idea that we wanted to be able to provide financial assistance to women who otherwise would not be able to come to the training especially when I do the training here in the United States and women might be coming from all over the world. Um, And so that was the original impetus for founding the Institute. And then it really branched out besides the book that you have the magic of circle work. I also Mm -hmm. at the same time brought out the circle work training manual. And that is a publication of the Institute for circle work. And this training manual has all the exercises and practices and tools so that the women in different parts of the country who have gone through the training have this resource that they can return to. And the training is a week-long experience, but many women do it every year. They come over and over. I mean, there's women who've done the training at least 12 times because it's it's different every time, but it's always profound and sacred. 
And they just love this sense of returning to sacred space. And so they come over and over again. And um, it's always a beautiful mixture of women who are new to circle work and then other women who've been practicing circle work for many years and are really experienced in their own right and can serve as mentors for the new women. Um, so it's, it's, I'd say it's my favorite experience mm-hmm. of the whole year is the circle work training. I mean, I love all now, the circles, but that is really so deep and transformative. Do you, how often do you do the actual circle work training? I only usually I only do it once a year. Ah, okay. Unless and unless li- I'm doing it somewhere like Palestine or somewhere else, but usually we happen to have one of the most beautiful retreat centers in the whole country about half an hour outside of Ithaca, New York, where I live. And mm-hmm. so this is just this magical place on 360 acres of land surrounded by hills and hiking trails and labyrinths. And so it, it, I feel like it is really sacred land that contributes so much to the experience. It's a very, very healing place. So mm-hmm. I really love doing the circle work training here. Can anyone take the circle work training, or do you need to have gone through doing circle work without the training before you can take the training? No, anyone can do it. Anyone can do it. And there's also, and, you know, yeah, there are also experiences. And what, that, yeah, go ahead. When do they? Um, when is this offered? Um, the next training is going to start on September 26th, and it goes to October 2nd. Um, there's also a, a four-day women's retreat happening in June. And there's also several online events, so that if a woman is sort of curious and she isn't ready to commit to the training or to a retreat, um, she can come, she can do, I'm doing a webinar next week that women are welcome to participate in. And then in May, I'm doing a three-week online circle. So, you know, of course, an online circle isn't the same as an in-person circle. But even there, you can create that magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I believe you can. Because I've seen, mm-hmm. sir, it's, it's all energy. And when you get that energy going and you have the right instructor, which would be you, you know, you can make it happen. And that, yeah. that is a wonderful thing. And everyone can find out more about this, more information on all of these things, including your books, at magicofcirclework.com. Is that correct? That's right. Great. I just wanted to make sure I got that out there. So it's www.magicofcirclework.com. Dot com. Check that out. There's an awful lot of information on that site. All of the events are there. The webinars are there. Uh, information about the, uh, your different books are on the site. I checked it out earlier today, and it really is a plethora of information. So do listeners, please go to that site, magicofcirclework.com. You know, I, I can't believe all the information. There's so much more I want to talk about, but we're really kind of running out of time. <laughs> but before mm-hmm. we go... Would you please tell our listeners how they can learn more about you, your work, and where they can purchase your book, The Magic of Circle Work, the practice women around the world are using to heal and empower themselves? 
They can certainly get it on Amazon or through their local bookstore. And I really would encourage people to start at magicofcirclework.com because from there you can link to my website, you can link to the website of the Institute for Circle Work. Um, So that's really the best place to start. Yeah, it it truly is. And there is so much information. And that's probably why I knew there was a lot of information because when you go there, you can click on all the other things. And it just seemed like there was so much you were offering. And there is an awful lot there. So check check it out. Seriously, go to magicofcirclework.com and check it out. And the book is fabulous. It is you really touch a lot of things in the book that touches people's hearts. I know it did mine, so I'm going to presume it would, it would touch other people's as well. It's just, it's so well written and the stories are so moving. Uh, I, I just really loved that about it. And thank you for that. Kudos to you for doing the work that you're doing in this world, because I just know it's making a huge impact in a very positive way. Thank you for that. Well, thank you, T, and thank you for all the work you're doing to put it, because without people like yourself putting it out, it wouldn't be happening. Well, we all have to work together. That's that's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> that's part yeah. of the bigger circle, you know? <laughs> yes. So, okay, yes. listeners, we... We need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world. That's why I have the guests that I do to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we are meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So send the link for this show to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so they may learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show here at Energy Awareness Radio. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows, the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events I'll be hosting, including my sound healing concerts and labyrinth walks. Please check out Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every dollar of every donation directly supports children in need 100%. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries, stipends, or compensation of any kind to anyone. At Soji Huggles, we are investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. So thank you for taking time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on both Twitter at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.